Okay. Here we are. Here we are. Episode five. So, <laughs> so this is Brown Burndown. Brown Burndown. The Brown Burndown. The Brown The Brown This is Brown Burndown. Burn Down. Burn Down. The Brown Burn Down. Hello, hello. We are back. Episode five. Can you believe? Five. We made it. Probably we should apologize for our hiatus, which several of our viewers did, our listeners did point out and yeah. express their dissatisfaction with. Good on you listeners for noticing <laughs> and being concerned that we were gone. Uh, unfortunately. Call us out. This is all yeah, about calling exactly, out BS. Exactly, exactly. Unfortunately, we decided to take an impromptu hiatus because this job does not pay, as Tara said. Nope. <laughs> nope. We get no commission. No commission. Feel free to Venmo us money if we bring you if we spark joy. And we've got a great episode for today. It's worth the wait. We are our our audio may be like a little off this week because Rabs is in a poor Wi Fi location. So we are doing this via phone, which is crazy. This is crazy. So send Send thoughts, concerns to thebrownburntown at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> We're taking and... <laughs> this back to the 20th century is what's happening here. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm also a little sick, so if my voice sounds weird, sorry about that. Let's let's get caught up. So, yeah, so our first section is Lies We Told. Rabs, did we tell any lies last week? Uh, the answer to that is a big fat nope. So, <laughs> we're in the clear yet again, another week. Maybe we should just delete this section because yeah. we're so truthful. Yeah, honestly, we may not even need this in the future. Or your sister just stopped calling us out. Honestly, I think it's because she hasn't listened to the last two episodes. So, <laughs> lies we told. It's still pending, I guess, until my sister listens to the last couple episodes. (laughs) Some lingering thoughts. We talked last time about Meghan Markle and how progressive she was with her um, relationship with car doors. Uh, And we have since learned that that is no longer the case and she's not going to be able to shut her own car door anymore because of the scandal that it caused. Meghan Markle and her car door, (laughs) R.I.P. And so the the Kensington Royal the Royal family they released a statement about why she couldn't close her own car doors and I think the logic is that it's a safety issue do you understand like the doors lock apparently from the like as soon as all the doors are shut they're like triggered to automatically lock which that's super weird yes a safety concern also like why would her closing it versus other closing other people closing Make it. Make a difference, like, right? I don't know. I still don't get it. I still don't get it. She Wait, tried. but is this like when she's leaving it or when she's entering it? Like, what is the... It's when she's where's leaving. The I think the thing in? is that, like, I think they're worried that she's going to be leaving the car and that she's going to preemptively close the door when she shouldn't have and then be locked out of the car oh. and then be in a compromising oh situation God. and not be able to get back into the car. So, oh my god, hence, that is the stupidest you lose reason the right ever. to lock your own car door. 
She tried. So they gotta give it to her. Trust her to shut her car door. Yeah, that's so ridiculous. Poor girl. This is really not worth it. Uh, Yeah, we no episode would be complete without uh, a Nick Yonka watch. Two K nineteen. Yeah, we're not wedded to Nick Yonka, so send us your thoughts. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be a better couple name for them. Which I mean, we've discussed. They have discussed it publicly. Prick, 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 prick. In case if you got buried in the social media storm that was their their <laughs> wedding and subsequent many receptions uh to recap what's happened in the past few weeks uh they had another reception uh in north carolina is that a a significant place to either of them i don't know i don't remember i f- feel like it had something to do with his uncle i want to say yeah at least this reception i felt like was a little bit more under the wraps than their previous one yes um like, but, like, was that intentional? Yeah, or did they maybe. expect to get publicity Who knows? for it? It's just, like, when they have this track record of making everything about their personal lives part of a publicity stunt, you have to ask, what are you doing still, right? And I, Priyanka launched a big move in her career, I guess, was that she launched this, like, YouTube series over the past couple of weeks. She's reaping the rewards, certainly. Yeah. Like, I would never have watched... A YouTube show about her. No, I would have never... Actually, I still probably won't, to be honest. I still won't, but, but I will be interested to see what it even is. And also, right, like, right. I don't... That's before fair. all of this, I wouldn't have even followed her on Instagram. Now I'm, like, constantly right, curious, totally. like, what she's doing on Instagram, which feels so We weird. have a literal... <laughs> we have a literal podcast about her. Like, we really can't talk. Yeah, exactly. So... Thanks, Priyanka, for keeping us in business, even though we're not getting any money for this. (laughs) Even though we're not getting paid, as we've mentioned previously. (laughs) So, yeah, so the other thing that they've been in the news for recently is this interview that Priyanka gave. I believe it was... With Jimmy Fallon, right? Basically, she is explaining the reason that she took Nick Jonas's last name and why she became Priyanka Chopra Jonas, even though, like, She's like Priyanka Chopra as a brand in and of itself. Um, and so we're reading this BuzzFeed article about it, which is just like, uh, man, they are not on the same page as us at all. No. They start this article by saying, there's no question around here that Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas were the cutest new couple of 2018. <laughs> Basically what she said is, um, she took his name because, quote, I always wanted to add his name to mine because I feel like we're becoming a family, she said. Um, which is like, Sure. Yeah. That's okay. okay. And then yes. she says, "Yes, she could have ended it there. Honestly, like that could have been that, that would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. Then she says, "I'm a little tradition and traditional and old school like that," which is like literally what the anti-feminists say when they say why they're not a feminist. It's like, right. well, I just think like I would like to take my husband's last name and like I just really like cooking. Yeah. Like I'm just old school. I'm traditional. Like just like. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, we've talked a little bit about how, like, she seems to really want to be a part of his family, which I think is, like, sure, if she didn't have a big family and, like, loves that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I feel like we're becoming, like, when she says, I feel like we're becoming a family, I feel like then that's, like, okay, then you should both take a new last name together or something. To say that it's tradition and, like, because it's tradition, it's cute is, like, very misleading. But here's the thing. It's, like... She's also so much older than him that in a lot of ways their marriage is super untraditional and does not need to adhere to these kind of things at all because 
she is in a more powerful position. She was more famous than he was, and she's older and mature. Yeah. She, I mean, she's the face of Bumble, right, in India. And so she's trying to, like, pitch herself <laughs> as, like, look at me. I'm this, like, non-traditional, unconventional woman who can, like, totally. take matters into my own hands. I can make the first move. I can be the business person. I can have a family. And, like... I can have it all, right? Like, because women can do this now. Like, I'm not loose. I'm, like, smart. I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm taking control of my own actions, right? So, it's just, like, this juxtaposed with that doesn't make any sense. Okay. So, now on to the main event. Uh, Our topic for this week, uh, you may have forgotten about him. More likely, you haven't forgotten about him (laughs) because he is still very much a thing. And we wanted to dive into uh, what he's up to still today and why we think it's problematic and that the guy we're talking about is Aziz Ansari. (sighs) I sounded too excited when I said Aziz Ansari. I want to tone down the enthusiasm because... I think we've been claiming that we were going to do a thing on Aziz for a while and we've been putting it off because it's like quote-unquote controversial to talk about him. Like, um, there was, like, an SNL skit after this where they basically were parodying the fact that, like, no one wants to talk about this because, like, it's just, like, such a gray area and there's no, like, clear, like, right side or wrong side. Right. But we disagree. (laughs) We think that there is a very clear wrong side and that it's Aziz and Aziz is wrong. Um, And he's relevant to this podcast because he is a brown man in the Western media. Yeah, and I think that's why it doubly hurts is because, like, not only was he, like, goofy, like, sitcom dude, he was also, like, one of the few prominent, is one of the few prominent brown men out there. And so, like, to have this story come out is, like, kind of personally heartbreaking. Yeah, so let's give, okay, so let's go over, like, a little bit of his background. Like, Aziz Ansari, he is a comedian, um, actor as well, and an author, right? Uh, He kind of... Best-selling. New York Times best-selling author. New York Times best-selling author. So which, like, for a brown man to make it this big, I don't know, would you make the comparison that, like, who Mindy Kaling is for, like, women in, like, brown women in the media, like, Aziz Ansari is, like, the male equivalent, maybe, right? I mean, I still think that Mindy is probably bigger than Aziz right? But Aziz is, like, up there. He's, like, one of the pioneers, right? I think, yeah, I agree. And he has, like, kind of, I don't know, it was pretty, like, inspiring to see Aziz do well before this whole debacle because he grew up in South Carolina. His parents are immigrants. He's Muslim also. He is, like, one of us, right? Like, he just grew up in the U.S., first-generation American, studied hard, did what he wanted to do, kind of broke the mold of, like, what it means to be, like, a stereotypical brown first-generation kid in the U.S., right? Learns to act and is funny and goes on and kind of makes it big um, with the show Parks and Recreation, right? Um, I think there's, like, a parallel between Aziz and Mindy with, like, their first roles being kind of, like, these breakthrough roles for what brown individuals could be cast as right not the stereotypical computer yeah. nerds or doctors or his role is on Parks and Recreation is that of Tom Haverford who is this like super like confident 
um, ambitious, kind of doesn't know what his uh, limits are guy who completely ignores the fact but, that he's Indian, right? Yeah, he's like goofy though. He's like a weirdo. Like he's like weird, not cool. Yeah. He's not suave at all. Right, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, at the same time, it, it's kind of a joke within the character, the way that they've written the character, that he completely suppresses the fact that he's a brown man named Tom Haverford. And that's the recurring joke, is that like he had to change his identity in order to like assimilate and be part of Pawnee, Indiana. And it's funny, and I think it gets a few laughs, but then they go on like however many seasons, what, eight seasons that Parks and Rec has without ever addressing the fact that, like, he's a brown man again. Yeah, I think, like, it's maybe, like, a sign of the times thing where, like, this was kind of similar to what Mindy was doing at the same time where it was, like, the idea that a brown person could be on TV in a major role that wasn't a stereotypical, like, thing and it never be a plot point is, like, kind of cool, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um And I think they do make, like, a few jokes about how he, like, I think, like, Leslie Nope is basically like, oh, but, like, you're from India, right? And he's like, no, I'm from South Carolina. And she's like, yeah, but, like, where are you from from? And he's like, South Carolina. He's like, 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 my mother's uterus. (laughs) She's like, you're (laughs) from from Libya, right? He's like, no, like, South Carolina. (laughs) But, like, where'd you come from before South Carolina? My mother's uterus. I love this so much. Yeah, it was really funny, and he had little quips like that that, like, I think Mindy didn't take advantage of in her characters um, as much. I think there's, like, maybe one joke about it, how, like, people think he's a burglar one time, but it's, like, really not (laughs) a thing. It's not, like, a big, it's not, like, a big concern, which is maybe a little bit more about Parks and Rec than it is about him, because Parks and Rec is such a, like, feel-good show that, like, they're not trying to, like, discuss racism or, like, serious things. Gets a lot of acclaim for his job on Parks and Recreation, and he's pretty funny, so he gets into stand-up, which I think he was probably doing before Parks and Recreation also. And um, the content of one of his stand-up routines, which he performed at Madison Square Garden, which is such a huge deal, uh, also becomes a book, right? Modern Romance. But his, like, stand-up stuff is basically revolving around his, like, dating expertise. Like, he works with a sociologist on this book and, like, supposedly, like, I think it's also maybe interesting to note that he's in, like, a very serious relationship with a prominent New York chef when he releases this book. So, and, like, his stand-up is, like, kind of influenced by, like, the, like, backdrop of dating, like, a successful white woman um, Mm -hmm. and sort of, like, uh, how that perspective enables him to be like a dating expert and like kind of at the same time as all that was happening he started working on the show master of none which yeah got him a golden globe like that was like a big deal that he won that like it was like i think he's the like a huge win for like indios yeah he did really well but i think so we've kind of alluded to some of the problems that we have with Aziz and his like career with on Parks and Rec and we'll get into the modern romance thing but I think Master of None is kind of where we first start to see just kind of how crappy of a human he is I don't know how else to describe it yeah (laughs) there really isn't a better way to describe it (laughs) okay so Basically, he's doing all these things, like, everyone's in his camp, everyone's in his corner, people really want him to do well. He's, like, the goofy, approachable guy, and with this, like, modern romance book, he's, like, 
positioned as the good guy who's like recognizing that dating is like terrible, particularly for women. Yeah. And then this <laughs> article comes out. Oh man. So and it's published on Babe. In case of you guys have not read it, highly recommend reading it. Um, Which is problem number one, I think. Yeah. Because I feel like that's not an, that's not a site with a lot of validity. I had never heard of it before, and I think that's why a lot of people kind of like question it. Though it seems like everything was verified. Like it seems like that, he I, yeah. agrees with everything. I was gonna say it. Like the general consensus was that this article was trash. It was written to bring yeah. him down to end his career. Yeah. I mean, like. I'm not a journalist. I can't say if, like, perhaps their syntax usage was incorrect. But yeah, to true. me, Neither it seems like I. all their claims are verified. Yeah, exactly. Seems legit. Um, he corroborates, like, everything. And, I yeah, like, uh, when will people understand that people do not make these up? When someone has, like, this personal of an experience, like, detail the encounter, their friends verify, the, like, accused verifies like how can how is that it's not up for debate it's not like, up for debate yeah it's just this whole era or not era it's a pattern of just not trusting women and not taking their word at heart or at face value it's just it's horrible and i guess maybe we should back up a little bit and talk about exactly what this article said yeah so it's uh, an article kept, like just summarizing a an experience that a photographer who was at the 2017 Emmy Awards um, what, that she had with Aziz Ansari. She met him there. They exchanged numbers, and they went on a date a few days later, and she described the sexual encounter that she had with him, how uh, he was being incredibly aggressive towards her, um, and she was in a very uncomfortable position repeatedly, both verbally and physically, was... Uh, making that clear to him um, and he didn't pick up on anything she was saying, didn't listen to her, didn't respect her, um, made her feel incredibly uncomfortable. She goes into graphic detail what happened between the two of them. It's painful to read. My heart just breaks for her. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, and she talks about what she did about it afterwards. Um, she texts him. She tells him that you made me feel really uncomfortable. And um, I told you multiple times that I didn't want to do any of this. And I was in an uncomfortable position. I didn't feel like I could leave. I didn't feel like I could stay. And I didn't like how this night went. And he just says sorry, right? He basically is like... Text, text her back. He, he says sorry, but he's like, I... Like, I thought it was, we were both on the same page, yeah. like, sorry. And I think, like, it's important to also point out that she's 22 when this happens. Yeah. And he's 33, 34-year-old movie star, like, um, celebrity. Like, yeah. He's very successful, very well-known. And she was at his apartment in his space. Like, he initiated all of these interactions. He's the one who asked her her number. He's the one who texted her. She was very much powerless in this situation, and she was still resisting, like, verbally and physically, and he completely just... ignored that. It's just not okay, and he released a statement after apologizing to her afterwards, right, describing what happened. So I guess this yeah. is, like, where the corroboration comes in. Like, he says that all of this is true, like, this did happen, and ends his statement with, 
I continue to support the movement that is happening in our culture. It is less necessary and long overdue. In reference to Me Too, right? And it's so ironic because literally, like, he wins the Golden Globe, like, the next day or the day before wearing his Time's Up pin while accepting his award. Like, he's this champion for women's Ugh. rights and wants to end the age of sexual assault. And, and I mean, it wasn't just nonverbal cues. She, it wasn't like she was, like, exactly. like doing, like, sending, like, mental, mental signals to him. <laughs> she, was ver- she was vocal about it, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I think that's where the debate around this becomes really upsetting and distressing. And we can talk about it, like, kind of just generally as, like, women, and then we can talk about kind of, like, um, how this sort of makes us feel as brown women and, yeah. like, that, uh, yeah. implications for brown men. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, in general for women, the debate is sort of like, well, like, is this really sexual assault or is this just, like, a bad date? Which is just, like, this is not the case at all. Those are, yeah, like, that's... Yeah, like you shouldn't. A bad day is not feeling violated. Like, um, sh- I think par- the the point of Me Too is about like powerful women taking advantage, or sorry, powerful men taking advantage of women with less power, and that is exactly what the situation was. Like, people are like, she went over to his apartment. She was like asking for it, whatever. He is a again a celebrity. He invited her over to his place. He's like, like it. He had so much more power than her in that situation that he was absolutely taking advantage of, like, her being an aspiring photographer in the industry that he's, like, successful in already. Yeah. There's no... That, that, is, that is what Me Too is, that he claims to be a proponent of, is powerful men taking advantage of women because they can't. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And the the details in the article kind of allude to that, how he, like, ordered her drink for her. He decided when it was time to leave the bar. Like, he ordered the food. Like, he was making all of these kind of power plays, right? Like, showing that he was in charge. Yeah. Like we said, it's particularly upsetting because he's, like, positioned himself as, like, the quote-unquote good guy. Like, his through his book, through his persona, through his character, he's, like, the, the good guy. Yeah, um, and I think another reason why like, it was, he's not. He's not, yeah. Another reason why it was so upsetting to see so many women take offense uh, from this article is because, well, like the, I feel like part of the Me Too movement is it's not about the men, right? It's about women like being able yeah. to speak up for themselves and voice the, what has happened to them and talk openly. Like, I think, like, where this whole article kind of got muddy was people perceiving it as, like, an attack on Aziz when it really, truly, I mean, it, it's calling him out for some really crappy things that he did and probably a yeah. crappy person, like, human that he is also. But it's also about this woman, like, having the courage to speak up about an experience that she had and, like, part of, like, advancing the cause of Me Too is, like, giving women the right and the space to, like, voice these experiences that they've had, right? So that was pretty upsetting to see, like, women talking about it like that. Yeah, and I think, like, part of it sort of feeds into um, the stereotype of brown men as well, like, as, like, brown women taking india for instance as an example there's certainly an innate power imbalance between brown men and brown women that manifests in really 
horrific ways a lot of times. Yeah. And it's certainly not like a universal truth or anything. Um, Brown toxic masculinity is incredibly prevalent um, because for so long, like, it's been a, a tenant of society that women are inferior. So, like, kind of like the gang rape cases that we've seen. Yeah, in- it's everywhere from gang rape in India to, like, very subtle ways in which you raise boys versus girls in order to make boys yeah. feel like they're more valued and um, yeah more entitled to things than women are, right? And, I mean, in my own family, like, I see this and, like, just gener- – you can see it in, like, generation after the generation after generation. Like, my grandma was yeah. raised in an age where – she, like, her family was given a lot of flack because she was the only child that they had and she was a female. She wasn't a boy. And I don't know. I think that that culture is very much ingrained in many Indian families still to this day. And if not as explicitly, even if it's implicit, like, raising boys to believe that they are entitled to do whatever they want to and coddling them, I guess, to uh, grow up into men who do these horrible things. Like, and and I think, like, with that kind of is comes, like, the natural hierarchy, um, as it appears, at least to us, of, like, you know, brown men acquiring, like, a brown woman. But even better than that is acquiring a white woman, which is, like, really, like, you've made it. And I think we've talked about this a little bit with Mindy, too, about, like, the idealization of whiteness. But I don't know. Would you say that it's stronger for brown men than it is for brown women? I, I Okay, so I feel like Mindy... Well, I feel like our data points of famous brown women are far fewer than famous brown men. True. <laughs> Hashtag bitter. But the I definitely <laughs> feel like it's a pattern with brown men. I feel like okay, so we have Aziz who's made an entire show and written an entire book about dating a white woman. And then his show, he's like dating yes. all of these white women who are way out of his league. But also like they're all white. Yes. And he even calls himself out on the fact that they're white because he has an episode where he dates an Indian woman and it's kind of like they have this conversation where it's like, oh, are you expected to only date Indian people? And they were both, they're both like, no, like I, I want to date like whoever I want to date. But then he goes on to continuously only date white women and like the way that they cast the Indian women in that show or like they're very like neurotic or like crazy with work and I don't know it's just not ideal or they don't exist or they don't exist episode about Indian women he has like this episode in um I think the first season about um in the Indians in the media maybe it's the second season about like sort of like how hard it is for Indians to get roles that aren't like um stereotypical like doing Indian accents and how people like Ash Kutcher are like really racist in their like portrayal of Indians and stuff like that but which is a really good episode, and I remember really liking it. But there are no Indian women in the entire episode right. at all. At it's just all. about him and his brown friends, yeah. brown male friends. Exactly. So, so back to the idea of like Indian men like prizing white women. I think it's like kind of like yeah. a joke almost. Or I, I love Hasan Minaj. Like I think he's very clever and smart and bright. But in his, in his. Um, stand-up thing he makes this joke about how he dated a white girl in high school and like he was like that's it like I could have died then like on my tombstone it'll say like I took AP AP calc and I dated a white guy or I like kissed a white (laughs) girl like I can die happy now which is like haha but also like but true but true yeah Yeah, it's too real it's too too real. real too real 
so yeah, so basically Aziz is kind of like embodying the worst of a lot of things. Like he is like very much representing this like only date white women like I idealized version of what it is to be a, a brown man, which to be fair, Mindy does on the other side too. Yeah. Um, but he's also kind of representing like toxic Indian masculinity that like um should not be permeating beyond and like I think it's also like it's something that's very ingrained in like brown culture in South Asia because of like the history and whatever and it's horrible that it's happening there but that it's that that component is also spreading to people who are born and raised in the U.S. is like really upsetting and sort of suggests that it's like a systemic cultural issue rather than just being like confined to like a space and a time um and while it may not be overt like he may not be saying like my wife needs to give up her career and like give me a dowry it still manifests in in these kind of ways that are not uncommon and again not to generalize for an entire population but like it certainly brings up ghosts of that yes exactly that was perfect (laughs) <laughs> well, and so I guess the the main reason why we're still thinking about Aziz is because he's kind of creeping back up out of the woodwork, right? So yeah. he has this this whole thing happens. He wins his Golden Globe and then is like shot down the next day for this, these reasons. And then he takes some time off, comes back, like what with he, a bang with a bang he has a show now he's touring in the u.s and in canada possibly amsterdam also he's like 40 shows lined up and people are going to these events okay so this is based on like the data for this statement is based on like my facebook news feed but i have friends on facebook who are like interested in his events and attending attending his events like woke friends yeah like, like normal okay. people everyone's on board with this yeah, which is just, like, not okay. Um, not only is he going on tour again and normal people on Facebook are attending, also, like, the press around it is incredibly positive about, like, how brave he's being for, like, coming back out there. So all these articles say, like, some saw the encounter of sexual misconduct in the midst of the Me Too movement, while others chalked it up to a bad date between two consenting adults, which is just not what it is if you read the article. Yeah. And then they call, they say that he, like, addressed the woman's claim in a heartfelt statement just after the story went viral. It was not a heartfelt statement. He basically says, I thought we were consenting, I support the movement, which is not a heartfelt statement. That's a, like, I didn't do it. Like, there's nothing wrong with what I did. Not a heartfelt statement. And then, apparently, people are saying that his new set is, quote-unquote, introspective and uh, touches on the issue. They say, like, he addressed it briefly in somewhat a joke format, nothing specific, referencing it as that story Aziz was really really good and some of the jokes seemed more introspective like he's thought a lot about what all came out what we're giving him a pass because he thought about how he assaulted a woman like what that is horrendous it's horrible yeah and then they people say like oh Aziz seems to be dealing with it the damage control better than say Louis CK who like is, like, not the example that we're striving for. Less than, like, horrendous is still bad. It's still still not acceptable. Yeah, and also, yeah, I mean, you're comparing yourself to Louis C.K., like, that's just, you're not in a good place to begin with, right? It's just (sighs) infuriating because I don't understand why the media has shifted back and is, like, on board with him now. I don't want 
to be affiliated with him. I don't want him to represent brown culture again. Like, I want him out. Like, he has proven himself to be, like, a beacon of toxic masculinity. And I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. Brown people don't need that. Aziz. No. We don't, we deserve better. Yeah, we deserve better. You're canceled. You're canceled. Ugh. I'm all, uh, like, okay. riled up now. Else? I'm like, I feel like I could take a bear. I, I could, like, fight a bear right now. Go do it. <laughs> I support you. <laughs> um, so, should we do hot takes? Yeah, hot takes. Okay, hot takes. That time of the night. Hot takes. <laughs> so, our hot take for this week. It's kind of topical because of The Bachelor. Just to be clear, we're not regular Bachelor viewers, which would be fine if we were because this is a pop, pop culture podcast. And we were but in a past I life. I feel like, like we, we have been. True. We watched <laughs> Ben Higgins this season. Yeah. We will admit. We may or may not have met Kayla, Quinn, and what's Olivia, the other one's name? Olivia. Olivia, the one with the mouth. Yeah, the one with the mouth. <laughs> So that may or may not have happened. However, we haven't been watching this season very closely. But there's usually, like, Indians in the first episode. Yeah. Or, like, sometimes there are, but they leave very quickly. And this season, there's one who's, like, sort of stayed around longer-ish. She's, like, not gotten any screen time particularly, but it's, like, several episodes in, and she's still around. So that's cool. Uh, and her name is Kerpa. And the thing is, she's, like, gorgeous. Except for the fact that she dyed her hair blonde and it looks atrocious. So I guess the hot take is making yourself look white is not a good look. Blonde does not look cute on brown people. It just never looks cute. Yeah. Okay, and this is why it doesn't look cute. Well, for obvious reasons. You're trying to look like a white person. Like, why? Like, isn't this melanin in your skin and the dark hair on your head not enough to look beautiful? Like, why do we have to accept white standards of beauty in order to feel good and look good? Um, And, okay, so Kerpa, like, is not alone in this trend. Like, tons of brown celebrities. If you see it in Bollywood, like, Priyanka Chopra definitely had some blonde highlights at one point. You see it Interestingly, she had them a few weeks ago and then doesn't have dyed it anymore. back because it looked horrible. SMH. The blonde highlights, colored contact lenses, go hand in hand yes. with like the fair and lovely yes. creams, right? Of just trying yes. to make yourself more acceptable by Western white standards. Which is so unrealistic when you were brown, born yes. as a brown human. Like, why can't we just be okay yes. with that? Yes. So, TLDR, blonde hair does not look cute on dark skin. It just doesn't. Just like, doesn't. just accept yourself the way. You could do, like, purple or, like, green or, like, red. Go for but it. blonde doesn't look cute. Just not cute. So, that's our hot take. That's our episode. That's the episode. Uh, usual stuff. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe. Run Stitcher and Apple Podcasts now. You can email us your thoughts at thebrownburndown at gmail.com. We read every email that we get. <laughs> we might even put you in our our friends have thoughts segments if your takes are hot enough. And yeah, that's all I got. That's all we got.